love that a parent has for their children is something uh, unexplainable. You know, once you see that little girl, you know, you're just all in. One of two things need to happen if you go, you need to stop playing football. Because if it's football that's causing you to be this way, you know, I don't want to see you this way. If you're going to be this way, you know, I would rather see you not play. Or you need to figure out what's going on. Welcome into the lounge. We're coming to you a little late this week. We apologize. Well, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get the guest. That, yeah, we're going to pass the buck. We're going to blame everybody else. Yeah. It's never our fault. It never is. Never has been. Never <laughs> will be. <laughs> but anyway, we got a really special one coming at you today. The double feature, you know? This is like the drive-in theater where you get the two-for-one. I love a two-for-one. And speaking of a two-for-one, Garrett, I got a deal for you, all right? The Papa John's 50, all right? It's the Ravens 50. The day after every Ravens win, you can get 50% off regular menu online orders with promo code RAVENS50 at papajohns.com. That's but, essentially a BOGO deal. By the way, I used the Ravens 50 after the win in Oakland. I was, talking, boy. I was talking to my wife, Christy, and she was like, hey, can you uh, pick up dinner on the way? And I said, I know what I'm doing. Nice. Didn't, didn't even hesitate. Didn't even hesitate. I said, <laughs> I got to use the Ravens 50 on this one. Picked up Papa John's for the, on the way home. Attaboy. Uh, you can also get, don't forget about this one, yeah. the Ravens Flock Special, all right? You order the Ravens Flock Special all season long, you get a large specialty pizza and a large two-topping pizza with promo code RAVENSFLOCK at papajohns.com. You don't even need a win for that one. That's true. Anytime you, you, you can order that one. By the way, this is funny. Someone, a guy stopped you me on the field. You another Papa John's story. I do. Two Papa John's stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm it. not even making this up. Someone stopped me on the field pregame in Oakland. His name was Victor. Uh, was at the game, and he was like, I'm a huge fan of the lounge. Try to get in some pumpkin beer. They wouldn't let me in with pumpkin beer. I bet he was lying on that, but he said that. <laughs> and then he also was like, I love the lounge. I even like Ryan, and I'm a big fan of Papa John's. I was nice. like, there you go. If you know the sponsors, you're good. You're good in my book. <laughs> That's awesome. And speaking of the pumpkin beer, we had a number of emails come yeah. in with suggestions. I've, I went to the store the other day and was looking for one of them. Couldn't find, it was the Elysian one, yeah. the one with the coffee. Yeah. But we, we don't have enough time right now to read it. because We're going to we table have, that discussion. We're going to table that discussion because we have two interviews to get to. Uh, but some good stuff, and we appreciate those emails. As always, you can get us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. So with that in mind, let's jump into our first interview with Ravens offensive tackle Austin Howard. Yeah, Austin, thanks for joining us today and uh, really glad to have you here. So I'm curious, I was watching you, you know, when we're flying back from Oakland, it's not comfortable, right? And it's in the <laughs> middle of the night and I'm sitting there and I'm complaining and I got long legs. I'm like 6'2 and I'm like sitting there complaining about how uncomfortable I am on the plane. And then I saw you strolling through the plane and have you ever been comfortable flying? I'm like, <laughs> this guy, I, I feel bad that I even considered complaining. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things we kind of got used to, but typically, like, in the off-season, if my wife and I go places, you know, we like to treat ourselves a little bit. You yeah. know, get a splurge, get splurge a little bit in the first class, but, uh, you know, one of those things you learn to live with. I mean, was that flight miserable for you, though? Because it looked like you were walking around, I'm like, this guy can't be comfortable. It's it, a six-hour flight. You're right. It would have been a lot worse had we lost. Right. You know, so um, the fact that we won ab- absolutely made it better, so... Uh, yeah, you know, we made it back all in one piece, so uh, we're good to go. What is the best advantage to being <clears throat> huge? Is there an advantage to being huge? I don't know. Yeah. You kind of stick out, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I uh, mean, it makes you a better football player, I would say. We got small guys who are good football players, too, though, you know. True. This is, you know, one of those things. But I not guess offensive you have long- tackles. Okay, so offensive tackle, being <laughs> tall, 
I guess one of the good things is having long arms and being able to create separation between me and the defensive end, right. outside linebacker and pass protection and things like that. And then obviously uh, just continuing to work on strength and being powerful. I mean more daily life. <laughs> daily life. <laughs> Your personal life. What advantages are there to being a massive human being? Uh, it helped me uh, capture a beautiful woman and a wife, I guess. Hey, there you go. There you go. Did she important. say that? Did she say it was definitely the height? Mm, we'll say we'll say that she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like point, for me, because I'm like six one. You're not. So when we do we do videos together, and we have to get a little box out because I'm about six two, and so we have to get a little box out for Ryan to stand right, out right. so that he doesn't look like a little strip <laughs> next to me. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's a little secret behind the scenes. At what point did you, when you were a kid growing up, have to like no longer use a normal car, like go to an SUV or a truck? Like when did you first stop using a sedan? Um. Well, see, I actually used my brother's Taurus, which previously was my dad's, all the way up until college. And then my dad uh, allowed me to borrow, I guess you could say, because he didn't really give me, next he gave it to me, because he really never got it back. But uh, (laughs) yeah, he uh, gave me his uh, truck that he bought out in Colorado. And I drove from Colorado out to Philadelphia my first year, and that's what I used for my first year in the league. Okay. Oh, wow. You were driving the truck in your first year in the league. I was, I was my dad's truck. Didn't buy a car for myself until my third or fourth year. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So what are you driving now? You gotta be in something large. Well, uh, yeah, my wife has a Toyota Highlander. Okay. Uh-huh. She, she loves it, she won't get rid of it. Don't okay. know, I don't know why. <laughs> and I have a QX80, but we're looking to get a bigger SUV. You know, our family's growing, so one yeah. of those things. Well, I heard uh, that it's about to grow here really, really soon. It is, it is. Um, we are looking to have our second child. Uh, due date is December 1st, but uh, hopefully, you know, we get a little earlier than that. <laughs> it looks like uh, she's ready to be done being pregnant. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, just looking forward to it. That's awesome. I saw one, I think it was an Instagram post that you put up that captured all of our hearts in digital media. And it was you with your daughter. And it was something like, you know, when your daughter asks you to put on makeup, like, oh, you yeah. just have to say yes or something <laughs> like that. So the question is, how many times have you worn makeup that has been applied by your daughter? <laughs> Probably more times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> uh, you, know, I, you know, when I first uh, had my daughter, I was like, you know, she's not wearing makeup, she's not doing this, and here I am putting on makeup with her. So, you know, <laughs> glitter all over my face, it's, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, she's my little angel. You know, I'll do anything for her, and uh, she's daddy's little girl. That's awesome. You know, and uh, it's, it's one of those things that I never, ever dreamed I thought I would have or even knew how to have. Like, you know, the love, the, the love that a parent has for their children is something uh, unexplainable. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's God-given, something that's a miracle, and it's, uh, you know, once you see that little girl, you know, you're just all in. You're, you're head over heels in love, and that's the way it's been for me. Yeah. All right, do you know the gender of the second child? Did you guys we find don't. Out early? So we, we found out the gender of our daughter. Okay. Um, we did like a cake reveal. Okay. Uh, and this one, we're kind of waiting. So we have boy names and girl names set up. Uh-huh. Haven't told anybody the names yet, so I'm kind of holding on to those. But uh, yes, this one, this one would be a surprise. Nice. So you're gonna wait. Are you rooting either way? Or are you just gonna say we want a healthy baby? Uh, you know what? I absolutely want a healthy baby. Um, people are saying like, don't you want a boy? You want a boy? Like, of course. One day I want a boy. Yeah. But this relationship that I have with my daughter is such something that's so. Like amazing to me that I wouldn't mind having two little two little girls, you know. That would, uh-huh. you know, she has my, uh, you know, her, her daddy wrapped around her little finger. You know, she has my heart. <laughs> so two little girls would be amazing, but you know, I wouldn't uh, absolutely would love a boy as well. So that's the same thing I say. I have an 18 month boy at home, oh, and I awesome. was like, oh man, I'm so happy to have a boy. And then people say, well, do you want a, one of each? You know, because when we try for a second one, I'm yeah. like, that would be awesome. I would love to have the experience of like a daddy's little girl and yeah. that experience, but. 
a clone of my first. When you love that kid so much, you're exactly. like, if I can get one more of those, that sounds double awesome. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, I don't envy uh, the boys that come over in high school trying to date your daughter when you walk in the door. <laughs> we're, uh, we're prepared for that already. <laughs> you know, I, I remember how I was in high school and how all the other boys were in high school, so we're already having those talks. <laughs> so That's awesome. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. Right. <laughs> so we should probably talk a little bit of football. Yeah. Uh, Mike Wallace, I thought, it, it, he was funny after the win in Oakland. He was like, man, our offensive line was awesome today. But I'll tell you one thing. Austin Howard was jacked up. He, <laughs> he said it like a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So you got to tell us, what was the emotion going back there, playing against <clears throat> the Raiders, your former team? Yeah, you know, I've said it before. It was such a unique experience for me because, you know, I've played a, a, an old team before. Yeah. But this one was kind of different because literally I got released the day before training camp. So it's super brand new. Yeah. You know, um, before when I went from the Jets to Oakland, you know, that transition happened way back in March. Right. So I had that transition time for a few months to kind of get used to the team. Plus, to it the... wasn't like the Jets got rid of you. I mean, you, right, signed, right. A, you signed a big I, contract in Oakland. You're yeah, like, yeah. this is great. Yeah, so it was one of those things where, you know, I was trying not to let the emotion part of it take, you know, take over me a little bit. Right. I was trying to just focus on, you know, going out there, doing what I had to do, staying within myself, and not trying to be Superman, you know? Right. You get into these situations where you, you're so jacked up emotionally, and you're trying to do too much, and then you end up having a bad game. Right. I uh, just wanted to focus on, you know, the little things, be detailed and, you know, just uh, go out there and try to have a good game. And fortunately, uh, we came up with a great team win. But once you were out there, did the did the emotions start to kind of ramp? You know, like leading up to it, I know you said, like, I got to keep control. But once you're out there, were you like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> like Incredible Hulk. No, exactly. I was, uh, That's what I imagine. <laughs> I, I think I was more calm, actually. Um, I think I kind of stuck true to what I wanted to do. Right. Um, I can't say that so much for after the game. You know, <laughs> after the game, everyone was pretty excited, and I yeah. think I kind of led that charge. You know, when I'm walking into that locker room and be, just being super proud of my teammates and this team in general. You know, we went out there in all three phases, and I believe, yeah. you know, from my point of view, you know, all three phases had a great game. Yeah. Well, I know after the game, I know you were excited because I was trying to interview Mike Wallace on the sidelines, and you came up and blew up the interview. <laughs> you used to well, celebrate with him. So I saw, like, didn't, like, five or six guys yes. kind of blow the interview up? That was, that was, a, that was a funny video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't realize that was going on at the time. You were just but, so, in your, you were so in the element. Oh, yeah, everyone was. I think everybody was excited. And that's, also, you know, that's a great thing for a team to do, to be able to celebrate as a team. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that you'll cherish forever. When you walked into the locker room, what was that moment like? You know, you talked about how you were kind of fired up there, and then... Um, just the, I'm sure you were getting congratulations from, from Coach Harbaugh, from your teammates. Like, yeah. What was that moment like for everyone to kind of give you a big pat on the back? You know, that's actually one of the first times I ever experienced that in my entire career. Mm. Um, so that's something that I'll never forget. Um, something super emotional, you know, super proud. Uh, not only for myself, but for this team, like looking at my teammates and seeing how just drawn out they were. They put everything they had into that game. Guys were tired. You know, I think guys were, you know, it was hot there, so mm-hmm. guys were losing, you know, eight pounds, 10 pounds, seven pounds of just water weight, just sweating because they were working so hard. And to see teammates put themselves out there like that and to give everything they had uh, to get that win was something super special. Well, you have good reason to be really proud. I, I just saw this stat. You held Cleo Mack without a pressure for the first time in his career since 2014. Wow. Yeah, with zero pressures. I mean, that's really impressive. But how much did a performance like that, not only for yourself, but, I mean, Jensen had a really good game. The whole offensive line had a great game. Ronnie, James, everybody. 
how much did that really boost you guys? Because, you know, around Baltimore, there's been no secret. Like, the offensive line has been a question mark. This mm-hmm. whole training camp, everything, you guys have been under a microscope right. to put it all together and have that kind of performance. How much does that boost you going forward? Yeah, well, first off, just to be clear, you know, it wasn't just Austin Howard. It wasn't just Ronnie Stanley at the tackle position. Right. Um, you know, our, our tight ends uh, were helping with chip blocks, double right. teams, and running backs the same way. Um, Marty Morningwig, uh, Giro, they all had great game plan and put us in really good positions to have success out there. Right. So, I mean, it was a collective effort. And like I said, uh, we, we came out with a, a good game plan and had success. And, you know, uh, it was just one of those things that worked out for us and we got the win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you, do you think moving forward, having a performance like that really gets you guys, it kind of gels everybody moving forward? Right. I believe that it definitely uh, gives you com- confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that you don't want to do is be overconfident and you know, you still have to work on those those small detailed things. Right. You know, you, have, you still have to humble yourself. Yeah, we had success, but we're not there yet. Right. We're, we're, we're strides away. We're miles away. And it's a long season, so we just have to stay within ourselves, like I said earlier, uh, go through the practices throughout the week, have, be, be full of intent and focus, and just carry what we do throughout the week and carry that to the game. Is it fair to say, like, in the locker room, we just came out of open locker room, and it was a fun atmosphere in right. there today. Like, guys were singing Ed Sheeran. Everyone was kind of joking around. Like, it was a fun, relaxed atmosphere. You guys were giving Jensen a hard time when he was doing his interview. Like, oh, yeah. it was fun. Um, it just feels like after that win, from the time the clock struck zero, like, it was almost a sigh of relief, and there's so much excitement. Like, this team felt like it needed something to go right, and something went right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that feeling can carry over to the next week and the next week and then you can build off that is that tangible i mean absolutely it's 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 addictive you know once you taste success you know you you need it you want it you need it you have to get it every day and every week and i believe this group of guys that we have in this team understand that you know and that's a huge um you know gesture to our leaders you know uh eric weddle says terrell suggs you know those guys keeping that momentum going that emotion you know having fun um you know I, i remember back in 2011 when I was here, uh, that's something that this team has always had. For some reason, it's kind of been different than any other team I've been on. The locker room has always been such that guys really have fun, they enjoy each other, and you know, when things go well, we celebrate, and when things are going bad, we know how to get back out there and work. So you know, that's one of the things that this team has always been good at. How weird is it for you and your career? Like you said, you were back here in 2011, and you were on the practice squad. Now you return, and you're the most experienced guy on the offensive line right now. Like they're looking to you, I'm sure, as like the leader of that group, you know, yeah. or a leader of that group at least. How weird is that for you? You know, um, definitely want to take that take that on 100% as, as best as I can. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, as everybody knows, you lost Marshall early. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of our leader in that group, and then when things went happened with him. Uh, you know, somebody had to fill that void, and I know that you know myself, Jensen. You know, the whole group really um, w- was was looking to someone, and I believe everybody collectively took it upon themselves to do their part, and kind of like, yeah, do we have a leader of the group? You know, yeah, I have the most uh, you know history and the most you know reps and the oldest vet, things like that. But you know, uh, this is a group that really know, understands that uh, we just can't rely on one guy. It's a, it's a it's a group effort, and even the young guys have stepped up. So. I'm really appreciative of who we have in that group. Mm-hmm. So you're when they when you came here, you're right next to Flacco, your locker, right? Do you guys right? Yeah. Are you locker mates? Right now we are, yeah. Right. So you came in here and they gave you kind of like a primo locker spot. You and Flacco and Mike Wallace right over there. Is that kind of like a reminder to you, like this is the guy I'm protecting? You know, like they, Harbaugh puts you there right there every single day, so you can have that reminder. Right. I don't think that uh, <laughs> I, I needed much of a reminder. 
Um, you know, uh, we as offensive linemen, we take huge pride in protecting our quarterback yeah. and making those holes for the running back. And, uh, you know, I don't think that we need much reminder. We just want to go out there and, and do our best to do those things. And, uh, you know, that hasn't been perfect. We have, like I said, we have so much to, to, to do better with and so many more strides to make and so many more goals to reach. Uh, you know, we just have to keep getting better. Offensive line, before we let you go here, this will be my last question. Maybe Garrett has another one. But <laughs> offensive line, you're like a tight-knit group. I feel like it's like a unique group, you know. You guys, like, get really close. Mm -hmm. So you got to tell me what's one weird thing or something we don't know about each of the other starting offensive linemen. Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> all mean, right, fine. You can pick one can guy pick... and really just go all in oh, on no. him. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's even worse. That's even worse. Uh, man, I mean, we're all a bunch of weirdos. You know, like, every guy has his thing, and... The thing about offensive line uh, that I just love being a part of is everybody has thick skin. Mm -hmm. Because when you walk into the room, you know, in some way, shape, or form, someone's going to try and get at you, you know, jab at you a little bit, make fun of you some way. And, uh, you know, you just laugh it off and, you know, you're, you're on the lookout to see who you can get next. You know, uh, <laughs> right. even the coaching staff, you know, it's, it's funny. So we have fun with each other. Um, but, you know, one weird thing about me, gosh, I, I, could, I really couldn't tell you. There's so many things. I, I'd have to sit down and write a book. You know? <laughs> nice. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Austin. Absolutely. Really appreciate it, buddy. Thank Glad you. Back here. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you to Austin. Really good guy. I hadn't really talked to him that much leading up to this because yeah. he's a little bit more reserved. But sure. Really cool guy. Yeah, I liked him. I think he's enjoying it here. You know, we were chatting just as we were getting ready to do the interview. I think he's liking being back in Baltimore, and he's playing good football. So that's always a good combination. Yeah, so now to transition from a good guy to a real grade-A scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to welcome in Ryan Jensen. Really excited for this interview. Thanks for joining us, man. I know Ryan said you're a scumbag, but, you know, we'll let him slide by that. <laughs> that's a compliment. It is a compliment. So, uh, you know, you kind of were the marquee attraction in the locker room today. There was, I don't know, maybe a dozen or so reporters surrounding you today. How did that feel? You know, your teammates seem to be having fun with it today, I think. Yeah, definitely teammates were, were giving, me, uh, giving me some crud about it. But, yeah, you know, it was, to me, I'm not a big media guy, but, you know, it's kind of cool seeing, you know, some of the, the media around asking questions about, you know, performance and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's cool getting a little bit of attention, but to me, I'd rather just be in the background and, you know, just be known for doing my job. Well, I mean, we it's a good this, thing. Yeah, we use this joke all the time, but now you've really made it. Now you're joining the Lounge Podcast. You know, you're, true. We've used this joke this about is, a dozen different you, times, but this is how you know you've really made it. <laughs> when you're on the Lounge yeah, Podcast. Yeah. But yeah, so talk about that Raiders game. I mean, PFF, you're in the 90s, the score... And you got punched a couple times by Mario Edwards. I mean, that's a typical game for you. I know that's not anything special with the Raiders. But just talk about that game and what it meant to you. Yeah, you know, it was just, you know, coming obviously coming off of two losses, uh, we wanted to go out there and, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, Marshall Gonda's out, you know, this, yeah, which, which it hurts. But, you know, everybody started kind of, you know, using the O-line as, you know, the, the fall guy a little bit, you know. Right. And we wanted to go out there and... and show what you know what we actually can do and once we get a little bit of cohesiveness and you know that I think that was what it was you know we went out as a group and you know we had talked about just wanting to go out there and be the you know most dominant force that we that we can be and mm -hmm. I feel like you know we what we put on tape was a pretty dominant performance yeah talk a little bit about the the punches you got give set the scene here it's what <laughs> fourth quarter you guys are running the ball on them a little bit and, and Mario had had enough right yeah I, I guess so I don't know I don't know why uh, everybody always wants to punch me for it but <laughs> I, don't know. It, I have a feeling you do know why I want to punch you there must be something about my face I don't, I, I don't know uh no you know we were just we had started running the ball kind of down their throat a little bit and 
uh, you know, when, when that happens to a defensive line, it, you know, it kind of gets them, gets them down and gets them a little, gets them a little angry. And as you guys know, I kind of, you know, push just a little bit past the, the echo of the whistle. So <laughs> some guys don't appreciate that very much. Do you, are you a trash talker down there? Or? Yeah. What is it that bothers like, these is guys it the, so much? You, you push it to the line? Like, what is it? I, I'm not a big trash talk guy. I just, I'm just that annoying annoying guy who, you know, even after whistle blows, I'm going to have a hand on you and, and push, put a little bit of pressure on you and, you know, just let you know that I'm, I'm still there. And I, I don't know, guys just don't appreciate that. Right. right. Well, it's always funny because in training camp, you know, we kind of take little bets amongst the media as we're sitting out there watching practice and it's like, all right, today's like 98 degrees. It's brutally hot. <laughs> You know something's going down. If there haven't been any fights yet, at what point does Jensen throw down in practice? <laughs> <laughs> it is very true. We're always like, all right, who's the first guy that's going to do it? Who's the first guy? Ja Reed was a, an early contender when he yeah. was here. Mm-hmm. He was usually pretty reliable. Some linebacker, Albert, definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's you and Albert half the time. Yeah. Because Albert's the same way. He ain't going to put up with anybody. Yeah, that's, 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 that's how we are. We're, you know, we're bullheaded and you know, we want to oppose our will on people. So <laughs> you know, when, when me and him go at it, it's, it's you know, obviously when it's really hot and during camp, that's when it, most, most of the time it goes down. But you know, then we're back in the locker room joking around it, you know, joking about it later that day and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's just something about me, I guess. I, I annoy people. Well, you know what CJ said? You know what CJ Mosley said, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He said you're a buff. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some uh, more colorful language uh, uh, about, you know, the way I play. But no, definitely, it's, to me, I take that as a compliment. You know, I'm trying to be out there and, and you know, set the tone and, and be that guy to, mm-hmm. you know, everybody can rally around. I've never. I'm impressed by the use of butthole. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't heard that word since sixth grade. I was like, nice throwback. Right. On that one. It's true. What's the What's the worst thing that like an opposing player has said to you or done? Like, have you ever? Has it ever been really bad that you got into it with somebody? Not. Not terrible. You know, the the occasional punch, the occasional you know f you, right. stuff like that. But. To me, when I think it makes them even more mad is when they start swinging on me, I just start laughing in their face and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And then that just makes them that you know even more mad. And I just I take I take pleasure in getting in people's heads. I guess I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean for the most part, it's you know haven't haven't had too much nasty things said. Right. So I want to go back and talk a little bit about your career because I mean this year it's your first time as a starter and. and like we were saying, I mean, you're kind of, you're blowing up right now, which is awesome. But it wasn't always that way. No. Uh, you know, you come out of California State Pueblo. Colorado. Colorado. Colorado, Colorado State Sorry. Pueblo. Yeah, we didn't Colorado. even know what school it is. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. Colorado State Pueblo. Six-round pick, 2013, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, rookie season goes all right, but then you're cut at the start of your second year. Take me into what led to that. What was going wrong then? Yeah, definitely uh, – you know, first year, you know, I broke my foot early on and, and like third day of camp and ended up being on the active roster all year, didn't dress out for any games or anything like that. And then, you know, going into the second ga- or second year, you know, actually getting into an NFL training camp, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping well, I, w- I was agitated, all this, I started losing a bunch of weight, all my strength and, uh, you know, then my, my Parents had came to the the San Francisco 49ers preseason game. It was our first. It was my first game I actually played in in the NFL, and so they were out there. And you know, I think we ended up winning, but I didn't. I didn't. You know, I didn't play very well, and went out to dinner with my mom and my dad. And 
you know, I thought I, you know, had a normal, normal conversation, normal dinner, you know, was my normal self. And uh, the next day after my dad and mom got back to Colorado, my dad called me and goes, hey, you know, what's your deal? And I was like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? He goes, you're not yourself. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, when we got back to the hotel after dinner, you know, your mom was in tears. And, you know, I, I had no idea, but I, apparently I was just being just essentially a, a scumbag to my parents. And I didn't, I didn't know why or, you know, I was even doing it. And, you know, he kind of was talking to me and he goes, you know, you know, one of two things need to happen. And he goes, you either need to stop playing football because if it's football that's causing you to be this way, he goes, you know, I don't want to see you this way. He goes, he goes, I know you, you love the game and this and that, but if you're going to be this way, you know, I would rather you see you not play anymore. Wow. And he goes, or you need to figure out what's going on. He goes, just because, you know, I, I don't want to see your mom ever like that again, you know, crying at the hotel after, you know, th we came out to, you know, celebrate with you essentially on your first NFL game. Right. And, right. and all that. And, you know, that was, that was you know, eye-opening. And, uh, you know, he suggested I get, you know, tested for sleep apnea. And uh, I, I kind of, you know, like, eh, because I had got tested in college and it came back negative for some crazy reason. And so I went in, uh, Harry Swain helped me get set up with an appointment. And within, you know, four or five days of that conversation with my dad, I had my sleep apnea machine, my CPAP, and I was, you know, on the, re you know, essentially the road to recovery with, you know, my health. Wow. What was that, when he calls you and you have that conversation, like, was that, you said it was eye-opening, was that, like, tough to hear? Like, how did you feel in that, in that moment? Yeah, I mean, I, I broke down. I, I, you know, I love my mom, I love my dad. It was, to, to hear that I was causing my mom pain by the way I was acting, it was, it was crazy. Like, I, I broke down on the phone with my dad and got super emotional and, and could, you know, barely summon up words talking to him because I was that upset. And, and, you know, yeah, so it was like, it really opened my eyes to, you know, not only like getting better, but, you know, making sure that I'm going to be, you know, a better person after, you know, I figure out what's going on with me. Right. But it wasn't like an immediate, I mean, the immediate change was you were sleeping a lot better, but then the Ravens end up releasing you mm -hmm. at the end of that training camp in mm -hmm. preseason. And so it was like, just as you're getting better, it's like, man, this is another shot. I mean, yeah. Wh where did you see your career going at that point? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I thought, you know, I was maybe going to be on practice squad for the rest of the year, and you know, that that might have been, that might have been a wrap. Right. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't know, and uh, you know, there's a lot of doubt and and stuff in the back of my mind going through that entire year. Am I gonna? Is somebody gonna come snipe me off the practice squad? This, that, are they gonna activate me? You know, what's gonna happen at the end of the season if? You know they don't sign me and i'm going to be you know are they going to sign me to a futures contract this that and you know going back and, and talking to my dad you know after that he goes well you know you can all you got to do is just put your nose to the grinding stone and you know whatever happens is going to happen and uh you know I ended up getting signed at the end of the season with two games left in the regular season and in, in 2014 and uh you know here i am now right so, but i mean you thought your career might be over at that point. I, I did i thought you know there's there was no way you know wait no way back Right. You know, I felt like I had, I had hit my rock bottom of my career and, you know, there wasn't any way back. You know, when I when I first when it first happened and then, you know, just started grinding away and, and you know, chipping, chipping at it and, you know, things got better. So what made you say, let's get tested for sleep apnea? Like, were you just really tired? Like, what were the symptoms that made you say, like, this is the problem and, and sleep apnea, a diagnosis will cure it? Uh, snoring. Uh, I would I would wake up, you know, fighting for air. Um, one crazy uh, uh, symptom that I, I didn't I didn't even know 
And so I went into the doctor and it made a lot of sense once I went and talked to him was getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I was getting up six to 10 times a night Ooh. to go to the restroom. You know, I, I thought maybe I was just, you know, drinking, you know, athlete, water. I'm drinking a bunch of water. Right. But one of the symptoms of sleep apnea is when you stop breathing and you, you know, your body wakes you up, it wakes your brain up to, you know, say, hey, stupid, you, you stop breathing. Yeah. So yeah. your brain starts to activate and, you know, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? You yeah. get up and you go, you go, <laughs> you know, you go to the bathroom. Well, when you have sleep apnea and your, your brain is consistently waking your body up and your brain starts to activate, it's, you know, it's, it's instinct, it's trigger is, all right, time to get up and go, you know, right. go empty, you know, empty the bladder and stuff like that. So that was one big, looking back on it, I'm like, you know, I'm 20, at the time I was 23, 24, and I'm getting up 10 times. Right. Wow. You know, at first I thought, I'm like, maybe I have a prostate issue. Yeah. I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't right. sure, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, I'm yeah. like, well, you Garrett, know. this sounds to Garrett, you're an old man, you probably get up fifth times <laughs> a night, right? Mink tries to say that I'm an old man just because he's having a tough time coming to grips with his elderly age. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's gonna be crazy. But yeah, it was, it was, it was things like that, and that you know, and, and my dad has sleep apnea. My uncle has sleep. Apnea. So it, you know, it runs in the family. My brother, my older brother, has uh, you know got diagnosed with it after you know I went and got tested. I kind of forced him to go get tested because yeah. he was a snorer and and all that. And uh, you know, so it kind of runs in our genetics a little bit. You know, we're all you know bigger guys. But even my uncle, he's you know six, he's six three, but he's only about two twenty. And he has, you know, severe sleep apnea too. So it's it's got to be something with our, the way our, our throats are structured that it, you know, it's hereditary and, and all that. But he, he's the one who kind of says, he goes, well, why don't you go get tested again? You, you know, you say you're tired all the time. You say it's just because of football, but you know, the way you act, you're acting, your, your temperament, stuff like that, you probably should go get checked. Right. Those things look like almost like a fighter pilot mask, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like a Top Gun kind of situation. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's. What's your wife think about that one? That's got to be really like a charmer. No, she's used to it now, but she, it's better than uh, uh, her having to, you know, hit me to wake me up when I would stop breathing because that's, that, that's, she's sleeping better too now because, you know, I would, I'd be snoring, I'd be snoring, I'd be snoring, and then all of a sudden it would be anywhere from 35 to um, 35 seconds to a minute where I wouldn't breathe. Really? Ooh. Yeah, in the middle of the night. So Ooh. she would she would hear me stop snoring and not breathing. Right. So she would, you know, it would wake her up. And, and so it's it really, it's, it's helped the whole household. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, it's, so do you feel completely different today like than you did three, four years ago? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, now... Crazy thing is before I got diagnosed, I'd, you know, I'd be, I'd be rolling into bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night and waking up, you know, 7, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning getting, I don't even know, what is that, 11 hours of sleep? And I would wake up and I would feel like death. Like I, I, I would be getting that much sleep that, I, that you know, I thought I was getting. Right. But really, uh, when, I, when I got tested and my results came back and they said it was probably a, uh, I'd say a slow night, but like it, it wasn't a, a bad night of apneas for me. Like I didn't have a, a ton of apneas, but I was, I was waking up 36 times an hour. Oh my gosh. And I would stop breathing like 15 times an hour for upwards of 30 to 30 seconds to a minute. Wow. So, you know, I would, I'd be in bed asleep, quote unquote, for, you know, 11 hours, but I was only getting about two hours of REM sleep a night. Oh, wow. So now it's like with my machine, every time I, you know, I put it on, I go to bed at nine o'clock, I can wake up at five o'clock in the morning and, you know, I'm ready to roll. I can get five hours of sleep and I'm ready to roll now. It's, it's, 
definitely changed my life. Wow, wow that's great. And now you're about to be getting a lot less sleep because you're going to be a father. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> pretty soon, right? Yeah, pretty soon. 37 weeks today, so, you know, any minute now. <laughs> that's pretty are exciting. You, are, you really awesome. are you guys really excited? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely excited. It's going to be a fun adventure. But are, are you not excited for the return to lack of sleep? Uh, it'd be worth it, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Well, Ryan, thanks a lot for coming. Definitely. We really appreciate yeah. it, buddy. Appreciate it, yeah. No Thank problem. You so much. Well, thank you to both Ryan Jensen and Austin Howard, the offensive line double feature. O-line's getting a lot of love this week. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah, they absolutely do. Both of them had a great game. The offensive line as a whole played great. And uh, I think, you know what? Bold statement, I think they can keep it going. I think they can keep it going, Ryan. I like it. We're going to get Dennis Pitt in here. You know, he was kind of dropping the hammer on the O-line a little you, you bit. You know, buddy, we did what you missed with him this week, and he had great things to say about really? the offense. Give credit where credit's due. Yeah, I like it. I yeah. like it. I like it. So anyway, thank you for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Don't pretend you can actually palm that on a regular basis. <laughs> you can't palm that football. We're going to get into the whole palming the football So, with an interview with Alex Collins, which just a little spoiler alert. We're trying to get Alex Collins on the pod. Alex, if you hear this, come on, buddy. Let's <laughs> make it down. happen. Come on down. Stop being a ghost. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week.